Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Carl Perkins, and today we're studying Ketubot Daf Yudchet, the 18th folio page of Tractate Ketubot. A Ketubah, the, the singular form of Ketubot, as we've seen, is a note, a note of indebtedness that becomes due upon either the death of the husband or divorce. As with other notes of indebtedness, it must be authenticated by a court before that court would ever demand that money be paid on the basis of the note. One important step in authentication is to confirm that the signatures of the witnesses are genuine. All notes of this kind had to be witnessed by two impartial qualified witnesses. Now, what's an impartial qualified witness? I'm often asked that question when I meet with a couple that's about to get married. I tell them that, according to Jewish law, we need two such witnesses to sign their names on the ketubah. A note that on the traditional ketubah, the bride or the groom do not sign, just the two qualified witnesses. And I tell the couple that a proper witness needs to be an adult. I tell them that, according to traditional Jewish law, it has to be a he even though in egalitarian communities today this condition is often dismissed, and I tell them that a proper witness needs to be unrelated to the parties of the marriage, typically the bride and the groom, as well as to the other witness to the ketubah, by blood or by marriage. So I'm often asked, can my brother-in-law or could my cousin be a witness on my ketubah? And my answer is, if you're related by blood or by marriage, then you're not deemed impartial? So the answer is no. Now, the Mishnah on Daf, on Daf Yurchet that we're going to study today isn't talking specifically about Ketubot. It's talking about how to handle a situation that can arise whenever a Ketubah or any similar note might be brought to a court to be authenticated. Let's imagine that we're in court and a Ketubah or a similar note is brought before the court and two people are brought in. Uh, in the case of the ketubah, they'd be brought in by the widow or the divorcee who's seeking to have payment based on the ketubah. Um, and those witnesses are asked, are these your signatures on the bottom of the document? Let's follow along in our Mishnah to see what can happen and to see how the court is supposed to respond. Our Mishnah goes as follows. Let's say that the two witnesses come into court to authenticate the document, and right off the bat they say, the signatures on the document are ours. Aha, uh-huh. you'd think that that would be it, and we'd be done. But we're not, because according to the Mishnah, those two witnesses go on to say, Aval, however, and then they proceed to say one thing or another that, that in fact suggests that their signatures were invalid. They might say, Aval anusim hayinu, 
we were acting under duress. Or, Ketanim Hayinu, at the time we signed this document, we were still minors, and thus not yet of age to act as proper witnesses. Or they could be saying, Psule Edut Hayinu, we were related to one of the two parties to the document, and so we were not legally impartial. So the question is, what if they add one or another of those conditions or qualifications to their testimony? What then? Well, the Mishnah goes on to say, Harei elu ne'emanim. The Mishnah is telling us that in such a case, those witnesses are believed. That is to say, they are not to be believed only when they say that the signatures are indeed their own, the signatures are genuine, but also when they go on to say, but we weren't qualified to serve as witnesses. Now, why is this? To fully understand it, let's look at the concluding phrase of the Mishnah, for it goes on as follows, V'im yesh edim shehu k'tav yadam, o shehaya k'tav yadam yotze mimakom acher, enam ne'emanim. The Mishnah says, but if there are other witnesses who can testify that the signatures on that document are theirs, or if in some other way we can confirm that the signatures are genuine, uh, if, for example, we have other specimens of their signature that have already independently been authenticated, then in such a case, we do not believe them when they state that they weren't proper witnesses. Or, put another way, their subsequent testimony that there were some qualification to their witnessing that original document isn't enough to invalidate that document. Now, I know this is confusing, but what's the difference between the two cases? In the first case, the court is presumed to have nothing other than those witnesses testifying that the signatures are genuine. Without those witnesses, it has nothing. If they come forward and on their own are willing to say that their witnesses are on the document, they're voluntarily binding themselves, committing themselves. And the legal principle is this. If they are willing to do that, if they are willing to testify in this civil matter when they could have remained silent, then we must also listen to them when they qualify their testimony. This makes sense. In such a circumstance, the only thing we have to go on is the testimony of those witnesses. They didn't have to involve themselves here. They, in essence, implicated themselves into the proceeding. If we are willing to believe them when they assert that the signatures on the document are indeed their own, then we have to go on to believe them when they claim that they are unqualified. On the other hand, if the court has another independent basis on which to rely to authenticate those signatures, then the testimony of these witnesses that they weren't proper witnesses is insufficient to disqualify them. Let me clarify that in that first case, when the court accepts the testimony of these witnesses that their signatures are genuine and that their testimony that they were not proper witnesses is also accepted, that doesn't mean that that testimony is irrefutable. It can always be rebutted if others were to come into court to testify that no, those witnesses weren't acting under distress or or under duress, or they weren't minors at the time, or they weren't relatives of one or the other of the parties to the transaction. 
All it's saying is that in the absence of such rebuttal, their testimony is believed. This brings us uh, to the end of our study of a portion of Daf Yod Chet, page 18 of Tractate Ketubot. Tomorrow, we will look further at the rules of evidence that we began exploring today. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.